This episode of the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast is specifically focused on upcoming Halloween celebrations and the ways in which teachers and parents can provide thoughtful environments for for children who've been affected by trauma, which implies that they might be or will probably be more sensitive to the intensity of experiences they'll be encountering around October 31st. Kelly Verkota is a founding member of the Hope Connections team, which is on a mission to support trauma-sensitive teachers who, who are intent on helping all of their students feel safe, loved, and capable. There will be more information about the Hope Connections team at the end of this brief episode. Kelly has a degree in elementary education and has worked with many students who've been impacted by trauma. She is a mom of five, two biological children, and three adopted. So as you listen to our conversation, I'm confident that you'll see Kelly does indeed walk her talk. So today is uh, just about a week before Halloween, and I noticed an article by Kelly Verkota that helps teachers and parents with uh, helping kids who've been impacted by trauma have uh, more positive experiences uh, over the Halloween holiday. So Kelly, I want to thank you so much for squeezing out the time to join us today and give us your, uh, your great experience in helping kids with trauma in this very special holiday that hopefully will be fun, but is a landmine for disasters too. And and tell us what you know about that, please. Well, thanks for having me, Nina. And I want to say thanks for for the work that you do or you're making a difference in the world for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, you know, we look at Halloween and um, Halloween is a a big holiday, at least here in the United States. For me growing up, I was, um, I grew up in a town that was known as the Halloween capital of the world. And so, you know, it was a big deal. You know, we did the parades and the trick-or-treating and you know all of it you know and 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 it's kind of what we want for our kids and we don't really necessarily think about it but when you're dealing with kids who've been impacted by trauma you know those those kiddos they come with you know a lot of a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily see on the outside Mm -hmm. and 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 Halloween things can really trip them up and not necessarily right in the moment but where you'll see the effects or the fallout you know afterwards you know and and you look at Halloween is meant to be fun but it's also you know the fun kind of scary things and kids who've been impacted by trauma um, they're not really able to pull apart well what's real and what's pretend and Mm -hmm. and they really need us to help navigate that for them and and to set it up so it's not like you said, a landmine and a recipe for disaster. Mm. I appreciate what you're saying about pulling apart what's real and what's trick-or-treaty fun. And do you have any more details about that that you want to share with us? Well, kind of like if you think about, like if, if, if we're out and we, and, you know, if you're out, let's say, doing some Halloween thing or you're at a haunted house or something and something mm. jumps out, you know, your mm. your gut reaction is your fear kicks in. But then logically we can say, well, that's, uh, that's just a guy in a costume where our kiddos, you know, kiddos have been impacted by trauma. They're going to go into that same jolt of, of fear and anxiety kicking in. And they don't have that, the ability to have their, 
left brain kick in and say, wait a minute, the, you know, let's reason this out. This isn't, this is somebody in pretend. Mm-hmm. They're in that, you know, that fear-based reaction and, and they're then operating out of fight, flight, and freeze. And those are all spots that we've worked really hard between teachers and parents of kids um, to have them not be operating out of survival. Mm-hmm. So we want to save them from that. And we want the kids to have, you know, not be separated from the the holiday. How is that right. possible? How is that possible? You know, I think you just, you, you know, as in anything, as, as trauma-informed teachers or as, you know, trauma-informed parents, you know, you have to, we have to be intentional and we have mm-hmm. to set it up on the, on the front end. Mm-hmm as well as have some tools as we navigate through it, but to set it up on the front end. So yes, you know, we don't want to have to say, okay, you're not going to participate in any of this because, you know, that sends another kind of message. So if we can set it up where, you know, for parents, we tell them, you know, maybe it's not trick-or-treating through your neighborhood. Maybe it's, you know, having a fun supper at home and a family movie night, or maybe it's going to a pumpkin patch at a time when it's not super busy and it's daylight out. Um, Maybe it's going to trick or treating at grandma's house and still wearing a costume, but not necessarily out in the dark with the strangers and all the scary stuff and all the stuff that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Um, In a classroom, it doesn't have to be come with your costumes. And I know schools are really pretty good about saying, okay, we're not having violent costumes, but Mm -hmm. if you can set it up where the kids come in costume, but there's not masks you know, so then kids can see the face behind the mask, but they don't have to try to navigate that. Um, Setting things up at school where um, maybe it's in stations of activities to do versus a big free-for-all activity, but maybe, you know, just smaller groups. And um, maybe it's more pumpkin-related. Maybe it's more fall-related versus, you know, the even the little things that seem minimal to, you know, a neurotypical person of... um, spiders and cobwebs and just all those kind of even light scary things i think if you can steer a time they're off and also really paint a picture for the child mm-hmm. and to tell them what it's going to look like what's going to happen and what's tomorrow going to look like when we come back to school and halloween is done you know just to give them something to hold on to Okay. Okay. Now you said, you said stations work well for activities. What do you mean by, give me some examples of stations. I guess, you know, like when I was thinking of like, you know, like when, when I was thinking back into when I was a student in school, we just kind of had like a big party, you know, all afternoon or whatever. And it was just, you know, it was just a little more probably chaotic. And so if you had stations where you had maybe at one station, they're doing, um, you know, a math activity where they're counting pumpkin seeds or another station where they're decorating a pumpkin or doing mm-hmm. an art project, you know, versus versus having, you know, where there's just this kind of more of a free-for-all, but there's a little more structure to it and a little more small group where the kids probably can not have that crazy feeling of it, you know, and, and those kids who have been impacted by trauma transitions are hard. Yeah. And so if you can kind of keep a lot of the same routine, and really limit transitions, I think will help. Yeah, limit transitions. Uh, I see in the article you limited something else too. Sugar. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Which is hard to do so at this hard. time of year. Do you have any uh, substitutes? Yep. That you could suggest? Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I, 
I, it's it's kind of hard to navigate around the candy. I mean, I think if you could, you know, if you can set it up maybe at schools that they don't have the candy, because knowing that most kids are probably getting candy the night before, and as teachers, we all know what November first looks <gasps> like in our classrooms. You know, we'd put <laughs> we'd probably all say, yeah, let's have less yeah. candy, or save the t- save the candy for the parents <laughs> and the teachers. But. There's no self interest in that, is there? <laughs> no, none, none. <laughs> Okay. Um, anything else you want to share with us, or or is there a website that people should go to to get more insights from you on 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 helping uh, kids that have been impacted by trauma um, navigate it? I know you have a wonderful insight uh, website for that. Yeah, thanks. We have our website is www.tohavehope.com. So the word spelled out T O H A V E. H-O-P-E.com. And we have kind of two parts to it. There's kind of two tracks. Once you get on there up on the right or yeah, the upper right part, you'll see two kind of tracks and there's one for parents and one for teachers. And so we have a group, a coaching group for um, adoptive and foster parents and kids, you know, parents who are parenting kiddos who've been impacted by trauma and then as well as teachers. So we have, we just started a teacher blog on that side. That's kind of new. And then we have a, um, a program called impact and that is teachers from all over that are, you know, each month getting tools to kind of help navigate and make it easy because as teachers, you have a ton on your plate already. So, but every classroom, probably nearly every classroom has students who've been impacted by trauma. So if we can get tools where, you know, kind of our, our mission on that is for classrooms where all kids feel safe and loved. Okay. And that's wonderful. And, and um, this is a non-commercial podcast. I just want people to know that I just met you and I was so impressed with the work that you've done. And so uh, this is just a share. This is just a share. Um, so I, I yeah, but well, I want you for our sharing. listeners to know that too, but you're very welcome. But yeah. um, the yeah. other thing is, tell us, you know, you've been doing this for a few years now. Tell us about the the kinds of help that you have been able to witness that your programs have provided for kids, for families, for classrooms, for teachers. I'd love to hear something that, you know, you've really seen that is encouraging for everyone. You know, what we, the program started out as, as supporting adoptive and foster parents. And that's, I'm an adoptive parent. It was started by, um, my best friend, Stacy Manning, and it was designed to really support adopt and foster parents because as we got into that journey of parenting kids who've been impacted by trauma, you just quickly find out that you have to do it differently. There's not a lot of resources. There's not yeah. a lot of support, you know, once it's all said and done. So that program was started and parents after parents have come and said to us, you know, you've saved my family. You know, I'm, I'm a recipient of where my family was saved. And and so we've had lots of parents come to us. It was, it kind of evolved, you know, parents were saying, you know, I really need my teachers to understand mm. how to help my kiddo because, you know, kids spend a lot of time in school. And if there's not, you know, parents and teachers on that same page of how to really help kids, you know, there's, there's that big gap. And so about a year and a half ago, we started, we started impact and we started that to really help kids across the you know, the country, you know, actually, we even have people outside of the country who've come in and join now, because it's, you know, it's a hot, a hot topic. We all know that, you know, Mm -hmm. schools being trauma, you know, trauma informed, but I think what really is missing there is, well, how do we do that? How do we put that into place for those kids to really feel safe? Because there's no learning going on if if a child isn't feeling safe at school. And um, 
Oh, fantastic. So I, I really encourage people to look into it because I have uh, rarely met two more rightly motivated people as you and Stacy. So um, uh, I'm really happy to set up this connection between you and the listeners. Um, and uh, you and I have already agreed that we have some more topics that we want to discuss on this podcast. So we will be yeah. in touch again. I do tend to keep the, the interviews short so that people could just say, oh, I think I'll just listen to something, get some ideas here, and then I can follow through or not. So that's how I've structured this podcast. But um, we will be in touch again, Kelly, okay? Thank okay, you, thank Kelly. You, thank you for everything you're doing. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you'd like to learn more about Kelly's work, please go to her organization's website at tohavehope.com. You'll see that in the uh, show's notes as well. To Have Hope exists to support those who try to parent, teach, care for, love, know and relate to children who've suffered trauma, especially trauma connected with abandonment and adoption. Trauma deeply affects children's ability to develop to develop socially and emotionally, which is why To Have Hope provides multiple levels of tools, strategies, and coaching for families, caregivers, and teachers to help with healing and open the way for increasingly more positive outcomes.